Reptile Gumbo Podcast, episode 89. You're creeping on up close to 100, man. Almost there. So close. Oops. As you can hear, there, there's no Robert voice here tonight. It is Katie, Woo! who's back. Welcome back, Katie. Only for a week. And Yeah, we'll go over that later. Uh-oh. And then, <laughs> and then Rachel is here, filling in for Robert. Hello. Robert has to earn a living. That's right. He needs to make all that money. It's okay. okay. The better looking half is on. I love it. Now, as long as that better looking half can remember talking to the microphone, will be good tonight. Oh. She's, she's in closer reach on that side of the table. <laughs> that can be it's not like the driver. You're not supposed to touch the driver of the car. I can bitch slap both hands. I'm good. Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, so, episode 89. 88? 89? It's 89. If it's not, it's not. Oh, people get over it. Pretty sure it's 89. Uh, let's see what's going on lately. We did not have a show this weekend. That was nice. Mm-hmm. So we did not have to go anywhere. Well, there was a show this there weekend. Was one, but That's true. It was we just did not the travel world. the 12 hours in the car to get there. No. Yes, because it was on the other side of the world, also known as Amarillo, Texas. Um, that was way out there. But there's a show closer to us this weekend, and we get to go back, back to our home state. We get to go back to Lafayette and eat good food. Mm. Looking forward to uh, Prejean's for dinner. I'm excited. That. Flatbread pizza. I'm so getting that again. That was delicious at Prejean's. They have red beans and rice, and you're going to eat flatbread pizza. What no, I want the flatbread pizza and red beans and rice. Let's be very specific. <laughs> Victor says we have more episodes of Snakes and the Fat Man. That's because he's lazy. Oh, whatever. Lazy. He's not on here early enough to know that I'm talking, talking about him. <laughs> oh, uh, not much else has gone on this week. Been busy with work and uh, and life. Being parents. I know Robert and I, we went and tried to go road cruising because uh, it was like our last few days of, of warm-ish weather. It was cool and then warm, and uh, apparently that was enough to keep the snakes hidden. Not a single snake was on the road. We didn't see a water snake. We normally Yeah, you did that while I was at a trunk or treat with kids. Yeah, that sounded horrible. Yeah. That's- we had a good time. I stayed home by myself and sat on the couch. That sounds pretty fun, too. Yes. Uh, also, we did Halloween just passed. Yep. Uh I was let down by our neighborhood. This is our first time like trick-or-treating in a big neighborhood. And uh, almost no one gave out candy. And no one knows the fucking turn your light off rule. If you're not handing out candy. Turn your light off. Turn your fucking porch light off. I have, We had approximately 30-something trick-or-treaters here. I was I was disappointed. I expected more. I know. It was a letdown. But it's okay. But you know what happens if trick-or-treaters don't show up? There's more candy for me to eat. Oh, my there gosh. Is. Logan has a huge full bag between the little bit he got from... The trunk or treat that we went to up at Katie's school mm-hmm. and then doing your neighborhood. And then when he came back from going to uh, Lily's girlfriend's grandmother's house, he had like all these full size candy bars in his bag. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to the microphone. Sorry. I was looking at y'all not up in the microphone. I know. That's why you have the microphone in front of your face. Oh, I'm just kidding. It's like us. the only thing I'm horrible at. Well, I didn't want to leave uh, lipstick all over it, but I might. There it's you go. Robert's microphone. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, Victor said he has a local Repticon next weekend. He'll finally get to meet Phil Wolf. That'd be cool. That's fun. Phil's a really nice dude. That'd be awesome, man. Uh, I mean, it sucks that you have to go to a Repticon. But other than that, it should be a great weekend. Even though it's a Repticon. Did I say that out loud? Good. Uh, also, oh, Robert's not here, so I can say it. Uh, the Braves won the World Series. <laughs> and uh, 
It feels awesome to live in Houston while the Braves win the World Series. Just Not going to lie. Our kid was low-key passive-aggressive today because this morning she woke up and the first thing she said was, Mama, where are your pearls? I have to wear them to school today. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but you're not allowed to talk about the game? You're not allowed to talk about, I was like, just don't, don't be a butthead about it if you wear them to school. So she, my brother was like, of course you're going to let her wear the pearls. What is wrong with you? I, uh, <laughs> I, my warm-up on the board today, I have a warm-up for the kids to come in and answer and put in the notebook, and in the corner was the uh, Braves logo. Did anybody say anything about oh, yeah. that? Yeah. So we had- I got asked what it was. I told them it was a symbol of uh, winners. We are one of our one of our maintenance people today because on Wednesdays we get to wear jeans and we can either wear a grade level t shirt or we can wear a sports t shirt and she had on a really nice collared polo with the Atlanta Braves A on it and I was like ooh you you're gutsy like I ain't afraid of anything I'll if I had stuff to wear I'd wear it but I grew up a Braves fan and it felt good to watch the Braves win I am I I know my papa would have been happy with that game last night I grew up a Braves fan the Braves won. When I was 10, and then the Braves won again when my daughter was 10. So, it was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, then they have a long time before they have to win again. There you go. (laughs) Go Braves. Anyways. uh, Oh, sponsors. Go ahead and do our sponsors. Katie? Yes. Say that before I put another bite of food in my mouth. Good call. So, if you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. When you're running out of Herps Reptile Shows, speaking of Herps Reptile Shows, we do have the one this weekend, November 6th and 7th, in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's going to be a good one. We haven't been to Louisiana in a while. Uh, Not since we moved here. Right? So, uh, we've got that. And then there's the Austin, Texas show, December 4th and 5th. If you've been to the Austin, Texas show before, uh, you should definitely come to this one. It's not going to be as cramped. We're in a new venue, a big open venue. Uh, really looking forward to that. We don't have to try and lift things up over a roller hockey rink. So, that's going to be great. So much easier. Um, and then Slidell, Louisiana, December 11th and 12th. And, and that's it. That's that's it for 2021. 2021 is done after those, those three shows. Um, and then we kick off. Well, we won't. I won't be there. But Herbs kicks off Oklahoma City in January fifteenth and sixteenth. Uh, Longview, Texas, January twenty second, twenty third, and then as usual, my birthday weekend, Conroe, Texas, uh, January 29th, thirtieth. So there we go. I got that in. Uh, Herbs grand opening for the the reptile shop in Bryan, Texas, is November thirteenth. Yes. Ah, I got it right. November thirteenth. Come out it's next there. weekend. Oh shit! That is yeah, next weekend. Next weekend. Next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, mm-hmm. come out there. We will. Uh, I'll probably bring all of our podcast stuff. We may uh, talk to some people while we're out there. That's I know a good plan. Uh, Chris from uh, Snakes and the Fat Man, he's coming down. He'll be there. I think Miri said she was going to come down to it at one point. Uh, she did mention something about it, but I haven't checked in with her or anything. And then, I mean, I don't know where everybody's going to fit. I've been in there. It's an amazing shop, but it's not going to fit the amount of people that plan on being there. Oh, we're just going to have to come and go. Like, there's no way to stay everybody all day. Oh, I'm staying all day. I'm going to hang out with the uh, in the tortoise room. Or that, That's or, actually my spot. I'm doing presentations on tortoises. Okay, then I'm going to fondle chinchillas all day. You have fun with that. I don't want to play. I will probably you can go play with Grannies all day. I don't want to play with Grant either. Those are mammals. Uh, I got to find a non-mammal place. Corn you can hang out in the tortoise room with me. It'll be okay. That's true. Maybe I'll just hang out in the bathroom. I mean, that's kind of weird, but. The bathroom last time I was there had fish tanks in it for uh, 
for uh, I did have fish. What? I haven't yeah. been yet. No, no, fish. It was for well, well, the thing you like, the little stupid axolotls. Axolotls. axolotls yeah. That's cool. There was a tank in there, but I didn't see anything no, in it. There weren't in there. In, okay. There weren't any in there, but I was told that was axolotls were going to be in there. I think they're picking them up this weekend. Silly axolotls. Oh, we did go to a pet store this weekend. We went and checked out uh, Bay Area Exotics. They're the cutest guinea pig, but I don't have time for a guinea We're not pig. Getting a fucking guinea pig. <laughs> it was so like I have a picture of him on my phone. Aww. He was so cute. But, I just don't have time for a guinea pig. Yeah, so we got to go. That was a, uh, that was a nice pet store. It's in Laporte. Laporte. Right? I, was, I knew it was over the P. And I, was I, like, I could see your face. You're like, I'm trying to think of where I drove this weekend. I wanted to say Point, but I was like, it was not Point. It was Laporte. Mm. Texas. They were right down the road from a cute little vinyl store. Oh, that's true. It was a little we long. found some fun stuff. Not that that's related to this at all. It's uh, not. But, but, I, but I went there to go get pinky mice, and all of my sand boas that were not eating did eat. I mean, they ate live, which is the first time I've actually fed live to any baby snakes. But uh, hopefully, they will be eating frozen in the near future. Uh, Victor said, "Guinea pigs smell." Yes, they do, Victor. Yes, I'm aware. Yes, they do. I mean, they're, they're great. We bred them for a while. Uh, but damn, they shouldn't piss a lot. What I really want is one for my classroom. The problem is, is the air gets bumped up to 80 over the weekends. So the guinea pig would have to come home with me over the weekends, which means I'm going to have to have two setups. So I would need one cage and set up that stayed at school, one cage and set up that stayed at home and a travel cage for it to go back and forth. One of the fifth grade teachers has a hamster and that's what she does. I just don't. I don't want to put out that much money for a class <clears throat> for a class pet. No, that sounds horrible. Like I just like all my reptiles are fine up there over the weekend. I'm gonna watch as it starts to get colder. Like I might put heat on my frog depending on how cold it gets in the building. Um, but yeah, everything else like the leopard gecko has its heat, bearded dragon has its heat. Nobody's getting overheated. So yeah. Oh, also. Uh, next week we will be on, we're trying not to be, we're going to be on Wednesday again. Uh, Katie, do you want to, she just put food in her mouth. I was going to have her explain why, as I tried to pull up the things so we could pick our winner for this giveaway. But, uh, Katie, go explain. Our, so our daughter's softball games are normally on Thursday and this Thursday, tomorrow is supposed to be her last one. We got rained out last week. And so that makeup game is going to be on Tuesday. So yeah, kids ruin everything. I told James I could go to the game, but he wants to be a good dad and go to her softball game. So, Kids ruin everything. And here I thought we were done having to rearrange her kids. I know. Fucking <laughs> but yes, hopefully that will be the last Wednesday and uh, we'll be back when we're doing uh, Tuesdays again. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to do two things at one time and everybody's just staring at me while they're yeah, You don't multitask well, baby. I do, but no one else chimes in while I try to do it. So we have to do our giveaway. We uh, we are giving away the. Uh, we I had, don't want to talk about it because we can't win it. I know we had our Hot Toberfest. Hot Toberfest is over, unfortunately. But we're giving away our Venom Life Mandala that none of us could win, and we're all very upset about it. And fifty dollars to Venom Life website, which I'm also ex- upset about. I yeah. know, right? Yeah, none, none of us get to have that stuff. I mean, I've got my really nice Venom Life jacket on tonight because it was a little chilly, but. So I'm hit the button for a winner. Let's see who wins it. Oh, sweet! All right, Ryan Cox. Oh, how exciting! I will have to let Ryan Cox know. I know he's he's probably not listening right now, but I will message Ryan Cox later. Uh, he may is listening. Just shoot a message. Tell him he won. That's cool. That is awesome. So he'll enjoy that. 
uh, I'm really pissed off that it's not going to be on my wall. I I'm glad that it's going to someone that will really appreciate it, too. I do have my, yes. my calendar that Robert got me. And I've got my awesome uh, sign from Focus Cube that I'm going to keep pointing out every time. But oh, that's awesome. That's all okay. I got. I don't have an awesome Venom Life mandala to put on my wall. We're supposed to... I'm going to... I'm going to wait. Never mind. We're going to get there. Okay. All right. So, I just realized that's our guest, I think. No, wait. From tra- The question from yes. Travis? Okay. Yes. Just... That's why I stopped. Uh, Anyways, Gosh, also, also, uh, Wiregrass Exotics, if you're in Southeast Alabama or Georgia or Florida, definitely go over and visit the Ruas at Wiregrass Exotics in Ozark, Alabama. Uh, amazing pet store, amazing reptile store. They got hots and all sorts of stuff. Go visit them. Say hi to the Ruas. They're great people. Um, yeah, I think we got all of our sponsors in. We're good. Oh, also, we don't have a giveaway yet for this month. We're in the process of figuring that out. Uh, I take it you didn't like my idea. It was all right, but I mean, it doesn't really add up. To, it doesn't measure up to the other stuff that we've given away. Well, I didn't say it had to measure up to I the do. other stuff. So we, we had a giveaway sponsor. Um, and, <laughs> Asshole. Uh, and we'll talk about our giveaway sponsor. Uh, something horrible. But we've talked to, I feel like we're talking about this for somebody like every month. This is happening to somebody lately. I really I do agree with that statement 100%. Um, yeah. our, our buddy Tracy and Chris, uh, they do all the Herp shows. They do the shirts. Um, they unfortunately had a house fire yesterday and they're, their daughter, who is a 12, 12, 12, 12, and I want to say who is 12, saw it and had the, the Wherewithal. mental capacity yeah, to grab the quota money because they have a quota money, uh, the dogs, the dogs, the bird Nibbers. and herself and get out of the house and call 911 and call 911 before it, uh, cause she's homeschooled. So yeah, before it all went up in fire, so they had a, they had a rack spark, unfortunately. And, um, and that's something that everybody needs to worry about. It is it is a thing. And that's not I mean that's just any any electrical thing. So if you've got bulbs, racks, uh ceramic heat emitters, whatever it is, it is a risk we run as reptile keepers. And unfortunately it's something lately that uh, it's happened way too much to people, and especially as we get into winter, um heaters are clicking on more than they used to. Um so it's But you know, this situation it it definitely makes me think as adults we know what to do. Yes. You need to make sure that everyone in your house. That is true. If you have parents that live with you, you need to let them know if this happens, this is what you need to grab and you need to go. And I, I mean, she's 12. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I don't know many 12 year olds that could, when you see that happen, stay calm enough to make that happen. Yeah. And take care of what she took care of. So I will be posting. There is a uh, there is a fundraiser thing for them. I will be yeah. posting it over on our Facebook page uh, tonight after the show. Um, but if you listen to this, please give a little bit. Anything will help. They, that is a it's a rough situation. And again, it, I feel like again we're doing it every month. But it is what it is. We we know a lot of folks, and a lot of folks have these. Yep. This is going to happen. Just, and this is what we do. We help out. So on a brighter note, let's go ahead and get to our guest. Our guest tonight is. Jason Bromley from Bromley Reptile Company or Co. I kept putting Co. on everything because that's how he has it funded, how it has it done. But uh, how's it going, Jason? It's going well. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys doing tonight? We're here. It's like I'm, it's going. I'm really tired. I got hailed on today, like legit oh, a- hail from the sky. All hail! Look, there's. I even put his face up. <laughs> That's watching the podcast, you can see Jason's face. He's calling in on the phone because he lives out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Texas. It sounds nice. And they don't have internet internet out there. Well, I don't know about that part. 
But I was going to say, where do you live where their internet is not that good? Bumfuck, Texas. That's not the name. Like, do I you am just... outside of Palestine, Texas. Oh, okay. So do you just not have I internet? Am... Oh, it's not good. Oh, gotcha. I have I have DSL, and it's terrible. I haven't met somebody. It runs over 100-year-old copper, so it doesn't do very well. I haven't met somebody with DSL <laughs> internet in so long. That was not me. That was me. We're good. <gasps> you always fuss at us. Well, I'm not normally on my phone. It's, it's Jason's fault. Blame him. Oh, so sad, Jason. But, but we know Jason because he does the herb shows with us, and he's been right. he's been a long time listener to the podcast, which is awesome too. But uh, Jason is our first green tree person person on here. Can I say it? Please what? let me say it. What? Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> you, you, I kind of wish you would have been here right now. Oh my gosh! I apologize. Uh, anybody had to hear that? Sorry. But anyways, <laughs> back to our guest. Uh, he's the first green tree person we've had on here. So he owns a lot of uh, silly little green snakes on sticks. Okay, so do not make fun of me. Or or you can, because a lot of people do. But this Probably. is why I'm on the podcast. And there are going to be people that listen to this and are going to go, oh my god. And I'm sure we're going to get a negative review for this. Cool. Go. Okay, so Jason, green tree pythons... Oh, God, where are you mm-hmm. going? They're the ones that are like red and yellow when they're babies and then turn green when they're bigger? That is correct. Okay, they're, cool. They're, just making sure I had the, the right ones, snake. They're one of the ones that do that. <laughs> I just had to make sure I had the right snake. E- okay, Emerald, we're good. Emeralds also change color. See, I want them to stay red. I do, too. Or well, stay that's yellow. What, that's what green tree python people are doing. They're breeding mutts together to make them more red and yellow. That's cool. But they, they call them, uh, what's, what's the fancy term y'all use? Because y'all don't use mutts. Designer. Designer, yeah, Des- designer which means snake. a bigger price tag. It, it sure does. The one that he's holding in that picture it, does. <laughs> yeah, it very much does. Uh, not so much working on holding the red, but uh, we do have some some high yellow stuff, and of course, there's uh, the blue a stuff. A lot of high black and blue. So, and uh, I like all three, so I have a little bit of each, and. Yeah, just some fun stuff. But yeah, I happen do happen to be a pretty big fan of green snake on a stick. Uh, they're super easy, really, once you set them up right. And they're, they're super so easy now. They, they have not always been super easy though. There, there's a, a a history of a lot of green tree pythons dying, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Nowadays, if you are starting with good captive born and bred stock and set them up properly from the get-go, they are a very, very easy snake to take care of. However, they can be unforgiving, so you do have to set them up properly. That's the only thing. As long as you're keeping them properly, they're a very easy snake to take care of. Are they, are they easily handleable, or is it more of a look at it and it's a pretty snake? Um, or does I it depend on the person? More, <laughs> I, I I prefer more of a hands-off approach, and I use, like, removable perches. So if I have to service the cage, I just take the whole perch out with the animal on it and then set the perch aside. Now, that being said, like, all of my animals are pretty docile. Once you turn their food response off, I can easily handle them if I need to. Um, I just try not to because it does cause stress in them um, and just... Uh, they tolerate it, but barely. Well, because they're historically they're they're uh, 
historically an ill-tempered snake, or at least said to be an ill-tempered snake. Um, but that's, a lot of that is imports, and those imports are obviously not going to be like, hey, hold me. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of that historically had to do with absolutely those animals being imported. They weren't having the best uh, beginning of life and coming over and being you know, startled from all of that. Nowadays, like I said, of course, there's always exceptions to the rule. Every once in a while, you'll get one that's an absolute psychopath, but that goes with pretty much anything. So, but uh, the majority of them, like I said, mine are all pretty, pretty tame. You know, they've got good food responses. You don't go sticking your hand, waving your hand around in the middle of the night in the cage. Yeah, that's another one. You want to bleed. They're a completely but, different uh, snake at night versus day. Right, yeah, they're definitely a hands-off snake at night, at, at least in my my opinion. Uh, you don't don't go in the cage once the lights are out. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard because they're they're nocturnal hunters, um, which explains the heat pits, the big old heat pits on their face. And they, uh, how many times do you see them do like the uh, when they wiggle their tail, the caudal luring? Oh, they'll they'll they like my animals. They're They'll actively caudal lure when I walk in the room, even in the middle of the day. Chondros are always hungry, and they like to play like you're starving them. So, uh, they'll beg for food every day, pretty much. <laughs> now, they are, they're definitely one that's, uh, if you're, for people that are used to, like, boas or, all, like, ball pythons, um, when they're born, you're like, all right, let's sex it and then sell it. That, that's not how green trees work. I <laughs> No, you would uh, ruin a snake uh, trying, or at least uh, you risk chinking the animal pretty severely by doing it. Mm-hmm. They're so delicate when they're when they're babies, and they're absolutely tiny. People don't realize how small they are when they're hatched. Uh, so yeah, yeah, you're you're looking, you know, unless you do genetic sex determination, which you have to have quite a bit of um, genetic information in order to do that. Um, you're looking a minimum of a year to a year and a half before you can sex them because you want them to be up to a certain size, really. And then then you can probe them. You never want to you know, pop or try to expose the NPs on one because you'll just break them. That's crazy. That's a that's a lot, that's a lot of yeah. commitment to a breed of snakes. It's not a breed. Well, like a species. species. Whatever. That's not whatever. You what Dog, dogs are a breed. Why are about, snakes a breed then? Breeds are one species, but different versions of that species. Like dogs. All dogs are the same species. Um, we okay, breed them sense. to be a certain way. But like green tree is a species of all python is a species. Okay, that makes sense. You see it on Facebook all the time. What breed is my? It's not. It's not a breed. It's a reptile. <laughs> see, that's why I'm here. Uh, so how long are you normally holding on to babies before you sell them? Are you waiting that year, year and a half, or are you selling them unsexed? I, I'll typically let go of a couple to, you know, experienced keepers. Um, after. Typically, they're at least six months old before I'll even think about doing that. And I might release one or two to, like I said, experienced keepers. And then, but most of the time,
time, yeah, I'm holding on to the majority of the clutch for, for about a year to a year and a half. Because also, you kind of want to have an idea of what direction they're going in as far as color change and things like that. So you, you tend to hold on to them a little longer if you have the space and the time to dedicate to it. Have you done that whole sell one and then like two years later hate yourself when you see what it looks like? Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like that like comes with the territory. Yeah. I feel like that's a given. Like, but with those, it's it's it is totally crazy because like you've got some of these ones that are insanely uh, different, like the sickness and all those guys. That's another thing. Green trees like have names. Like there's like individuals with names, and then you want it related to that. Whereas like there's no fucking way to do that with ball pythons or boas. Like no one knows. You, you can someone give the name of the breeder, but no one usually knows what snake it came from. But like in green trees, that's the lineage is a is the name of that snake. So, just, it, some people are very good at that. I, <laughs> however, lack all creativity when it comes to that. So, mine get ID numbers, and that's about it. There we go. You, you gotta go talk to Bill. Bill is really good at that. Bill, Hill, Bill, who? Steagle. Steagle. I don't know. My one animal from him is the only animal in my collection with a name, and that's just because it's a play off of his sibling. <laughs> Which one? What's the name of yours? The Sniffles. That's funny. Oh, nice. Has it turned black? No, oh, no, he's solid green. Oh, what an asshole. Well, how long do they change colors? Before they settle into it their color. Really, really depends. They can start anywhere from a couple of months old. I've had some start as early as like four months old. Oh, mm-hmm. And usually it's closer to, you know, eight to 12 months before they really start changing, or at least in my small sample size. Uh, but then, you know, I, I, I know like Deox in particular, which is a locality of green tree pythons and those can take four or five years to fully change they just change super slow so sometimes you never really know (laughs) they kind of continue changing but seems like after two years or so you kind of have a good direction idea of where they're going to end up so i always find it funny so we talked about earlier about them being designer designer snakes because in, in the hobby, you've got so many people in certain different species of snake that are locale, and they're very heavy on, like, you can only breathe this locale to this locale. And I've just got to imagine Green Tree guys sit back and laugh when they hear people freak out about that. Because, yes, there's locale Green Trees, but y'all are just breeding them to shit at this point. Like, they're don't get me wrong. There's some people out there that are like, I will only breed to this. But to get the crazy shit, those are definitely mutts, right? A lot of them, yeah. I mean, a lot of that stems back to, you know, way back when these guys started breeding that stuff. They were just getting what they could get. Yeah. You know, they didn't have locality data. It was, you know, a box of green snakes. You know, if they weren't broken down into the different subspecies and all of that yet. So they didn't know, you know. Yeah, you could look at them like a Bioc and tell the difference between an Aru and a Bioc, but it's Still, they were close enough, and you know things just got spread together. And uh, there definitely is, you know, hybrid. Some of the phenomenal stuff has got to be caused from the hybridization. Yeah, you know, 
I just I've always been a fan of emerald tree boas. Um, green trees are nice, but I just like the look of like the bigger the big head on emerald. But at some point, I'm going to have a green snake on a stick. But it'll probably be an emerald. It's like I want one too. But you work with not just the green trees, though. You have one of the other species that I think is really cool. And every time I see one, I can't fathom the idea of why it's not a bigger snake in the hobby. And it makes no sense. But you you breed Angolan pythons. I, I do as well. I don't get uh, it. And, and I agree with you. They're super awesome. They do need to be more in the hobby. But, you know, it's... There's still only a handful of people that are, you know, breeding them regularly. And they're just, I guess, because there's not more or whatnot, that they're not super popular. But it's such a cool snake because, I mean, people relate them closely to ball pythons because there are some similarities, but really they're like dwarf rock pythons. And Minus the bad attitude, without the attitude. with a rock rock python. So, like, you get this super personable, really inquisitive snake that gets fairly impressive, you know, because the full-size Angolan can be six to seven foot. Um, and, you know, pretty girthy. You know, they get pretty big enough to be impressive, but small enough to be, stay manageable. And they don't ball up. Like, that's everybody always sees them because the head is very ball python-like, <laughs> but they are not a ball-up, sit-still snake. Absolutely not. Like, mine, when you open their cages, like, when you come in the room, they, they look at you, and if you come over and open the glass, they're actively going to crawl out and be like, hey, what's going on? You know, they're going to check you out. They'll crawl out, and you can... They'll explore the room, or if you let them, or, you know, they're, they're very inquisitive. They, they want to be interactive. Yeah, I, I just, I, every time I see one, and you only ever see, like, one or two on a table. But, uh, they're really pretty. Oh, they're really pretty. They're, they're bumpy, which is one thing that people love. Oh. They're, they're a bumpy snake. Did I know Yeah, so, like, that's one thing. It's like holding a snake that's covered in Braille. And uh, they're way more colorful than a ball python. I mean, I know that there's all the morphs, but I'm talking just like in general. They are a very colorful snake. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at uh, pictures of some. And they're fairly docile. Like, they're a, a, a decent-sized docile snake. But, unfortunately, they don't come in 70 million Skittles colors. So, no one seems to want to have them. Now, breeding-wise, compared to ball pythons, or how, how different are they breeding-wise? Is that one of the challenges that's keeping them from being uh, more prevalent in the hobby? Now, they they take longer to mature, so you're going to be looking probably five years old on a female before she's, at least in my, you know, small sample size thus far. I tried my female at four, and she gave me slugs. Now, I don't know if that was because I was using a three-year-old male, or if it was because, she, you know, he was too young, or if it was because she was too young, but I tried her again the following year, and... You know, but I finally got a successful clutch. So um, I have a second female that's coming on this year. She's five. So I'm hoping to, you know, kind of get to where I can produce them in rhythm. So we'll see. Like I said, I've only had the one flux so far. So my sample size is really small. But uh, pretty much, you know, I treated them very similar to how I would do ball pythons. 
with pretty much everything. Um, slight cool down for the males, um, introduce them, you know, I try to pair animals when I see females showing signs, bull wrapping, cool seeking, um, and just pair them randomly and see what happens. I think the popularity well, will pick up because especially with like all the, uh, the odds and ends snakes are starting to pick up. Like Doom Rolls Bow is picking up and being more popular. Um, and a lot of your other like rainbow bows have become more popular because I think people are starting to get, not get away from ball pythons, but they're trying to get something that's not a ball python. So I think that Angolans will have that chance. There's just, there's gotta be more people that have them available for people to buy. And once that happens, I think they'll take off. Um, but well, I, I know I got my doom rolls and not a lot of people were asking for them. And then before I had a, gotten all that I have now, it's just, they blew up. Yeah. That, uh, that was also partially thanks to nerd <laughs> nerd, uh, told everybody they were super expensive snakes and everyone had to have them. And everybody's like, Oh, I really have to have them. And then all of a sudden remember, I realized, uh, they're not that super expensive and they've gone down. Thankfully. Yeah. No, they're not that. Uh, cause they had them at like a thousand dollars at one point, which that's where I got my biggest, yeah. but she's eight foot. That's 35 a full grown pounds. female. She's that's full different. Grown, yeah. They were selling babies close to a thousand dollars. No. What's an, an Angolan goes for what? About six now. Uh, no, they're, they're up now. Oh, good. Uh, they're right. kind of in the same boat. You're looking about a thousand dollars. See, the difference is I feel there's more doom rolls boas out there to buy than there are Angolan pythons out there to buy. I went from one to six. So, yeah, I mean, I can find, yeah. I can find a doom rolls. Like I don't see Angolans that often. I mean, I saw two at Conroe, but they were on Jason's table. Yeah. That was the only two. Now I'm going to be, yeah, like, and I am all sold out. <laughs> yeah, I imagine they don't stay around long for that fact. But what else? So what else? You you got the green trees. You got them, but you also got ball pythons. I do have I do have ball pythons. <sighs> I saw a picture I, of spotted pythons. I also keep. I have Freddles pythons. See, that's an awesome python. Keep. I have one. I love those. Uh, yeah, I have a pair of Freddles, which I'm gonna attempt to try to breed this this season. So, are you gonna cool them down? Hopefully, that all goes well. Oh, yeah, I cooled them down last year, and I'm gonna you know try it again. But I'm gonna actually try to pair them, pairing them this year, provided we don't have another whatever Texas ice Shit. apocalypse. For them, the freeze may work. We don't need that again. <laughs> true, true. They're one of those weird things that wow. have that huge drop from their normal temperature when they get like like. They're not as bad as like rubber boas, but I know brettles can go pretty bad, uh, pretty low. Yeah, my my room that I keep them in in the winter, it probably gets low to mid fifties. Yeah. Do you do you give them heat during the day and then just only cool them off at night? Yeah, or? yeah I have the they have heat panels, so yeah, it gets back up to normal temperature during the day. So I'll get there, you know, whatever eighty two hot spot and then, then at night it just shuts off they get whatever the room is they're such a bulletproof snake they're really cool um you know and a lot of people talk about I'm, my male is really docile my female she's just not trustworthy she's <laughs> one of those she'll kind of lull you into that sense of calmness she'll come out she'll be really calm and then about two minutes into it, she'll get that death grip on you, and then she'll turn around and look at you, and you just know it's coming. <laughs> and full-grown, that's a lot of snake. Like, you don't want a full-grown one turning on you. How big yeah, she, she, 
she's probably seven foot. Wow. Uh, you know, she's not full, full grown, but she's a big girl. So she can be a little fun. She doesn't get too much handling. We just have that <laughs> understanding. <laughs> That's another one I think should be more prevalent in the, in the hobby. They're a very pretty color. Naturally. They're a very pretty, like rust and brick red. Uh, they get a pretty decent size. They're not massive. Like, uh, I'll say massive coastal. They're about coastal carpet python size, but they're not like retic or berm. They're a good size python, and they're not small like a ball python. Uh, you pretty much can't mess them up on temperature because they can survive in such a wide range. I mean, obviously you got to get on heat at some point, but like they're going to be fine. Like during that winter, I'm sure anybody that had brettles, they were okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So just, they're they're such a bulletproof snake that you would think more people would have those. As a beginner, like this would be a great beginner snake because it, to me, it fits all the criteria. Uh, I mean, it does get big, but it's big for a like carpet python, so it's not really a thick-bodied snake. But. Yeah, there's there's definitely a big misconception when when people like with Morelia in general, when you start talking about length and comparing that to the size of the snake, it's it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, a coastal carpet like a. Brisbane Coastal may get nine, ten foot, but it's, you know, no bigger than your wrist. You know, it's, it's a manageable snake. And it, that, that same snake will still coil up in a, you know, planter size coil, you know, less than a foot. It's like, eh, they're not giants. It's not like the same thing as when you're comparing it to a burn. Yeah, there's a difference between a, an eight foot boa constrictor and an eight foot brettles python. They're not the same eight it's feet. Massive. It's just massive. So is it eight feet more like my uh, blue beauty? It's gonna be a little thicker than a your blue beauty. Than but yeah. Okay. It, it's. I mean, it's it's a decent. Like you've seen my my seven foot jungle carpet in there. That mm-hmm. black one once coiled up yeah. doesn't look seven foot. No. Same yes. thing for a brettles. I love her so much. <laughs> I really do. Like I love the jungle carpet that we have. Yeah, that, that dirty. Dirty, ugly jungle. She's carpet. just such a chill snake, though. She is a good snake. She's like, she's just, and she's, she's, she's impressive. She's got a good size on her, yeah. I think, at least. So, yeah, she's about seven foot. Oh, she's over her. seven foot when she's stretched out. She's over seven foot. But I think brittles are awesome. So you got brittles, you got the jungles, you got full pythons, you got all right, not you got um, uh, I was gonna say green trees. I don't know why I said jungles. It's wrong, Morelia. It's not even Morelia anymore, right? Green trees are. Are green trees still Morelia? Yeah, they're still okay. They're still Morelia. I don't know that. Um, they're just uh, they've been split into Viridus and Azuria, so it's two different species. And then Azuria has, I think, three different subspecies underneath it. So yeah, that's a whole mess. But uh, I try not to dwell on that too much. Just uh, they're green snakes on sticks. Green snakes on sticks. Just appreciate your green but, snakes uh, on sticks. Yeah. I also keep, uh, you know, I, I have a couple other carpet species. I keep Darwin's, and I have several different coastals. Yeah, you can't be friends uh, with Michael Pinnell and not have coastals. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, with Michael Pinnell being so close, you know, I have all the coastals as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's Michael. It's Michael's fault. Sharing tables with him, that's, that's a downfall. You know, <laughs> I always end up just giving him money and taking <laughs> his stuff home with me. Uh, so. I remember the first time I met Michael. We talked about it when we had him on at Conroe. We had him on for a little short thing. Uh, before I ever met Michael, I listened to Morelia Python Radio, who just had their 10-year anniversary 
uh, episode last mm. week. Um, and you always hear them say impins. They always refer to uh, the type of coastal parkland as impins, impins, impins. And, and everybody knows what you're talking about when you say it. And then you realize that it stands for Michael Pinnell and that he's just this weird dude down in Texas who's not that impressive. Like to me, oh, shut your face. No, he's awesome. No, I was going to say, he is one of my hands down favorite people. Like, yes. <laughs> I love him. But when you, you hear all of this, you assume he's going to be a much bigger, but like, He's he's a really down to earth like. I'll be, I'll be honest when when I think of people that have things named after them, I think that they're going to be very snooty, and I think that they're going to be very full of themselves, or they're going to be hoity toity. And Michael is none of that. You will not talk about not himself. at all. No, you make him. So yeah, he gets kind of embarrassed because I always play him up at the table. <laughs> I'll be telling people, I'm like, you know, this is like the guy when it comes to coastal. You know, you're thinking about coastal. This is, this is, this is the man. <laughs> Which is funny. The one thing I own from Michael is a house snake. That oh, is, that is who you got your house snake from. One thing I own from, I love from it. Michael Vanell. I was going to say, Logan bought a white-sided rat snake from him. Yeah. That's yeah, so funny. Yeah. We, we didn't all fall for his trick and buy coastal carpet pythons, but basically <laughs> did. Oh. Yeah, I'm just a sucker for those uh, brown <laughs> snakes, you know. Do you remember when, like, when the rumors were coastals would get 12-foot? Coastal carpets get 12-foot long, but no one could ever really show you a 12-foot long coastal. Except for the people in Australia that have them living in their carport. Except for the ones that are eating wallabies wallabies in the wild. But, like, (laughs) you would think in captivity, as much as we feed the shit out of stuff, there would just be a ton of 12-foot coastal carpet pythons. But I'm pretty sure they just all died. Yeah, well, that's just the thing. The ones that get fed that rat diet like that, yeah, they're all obese and die. They're full of cancer and fat. <laughs> well, because they, you they died the, at like four years old. And well, and everybody sees the picture that come out of the picture that come out of Australia of them eating a wallaby. I'm like, yeah, they ate that wallaby, but then they won't eat again for like five months. They didn't eat that and wallaby yeah. and then get fed that wallaby again next week. <laughs> so, but I just remember thinking when growing up, I was like, man, I want a coastal eat like twelve foot long, and then I'm like. I've never fucking seen a twelve foot long one, not once. You know, and that that one in the wild in Australia is probably thirty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it took thirty years to get that size. So that's that's another thing. I, I imagine green trees uh, don't do well being obese. They they don't. At least uh, from what I understand. I, I tend to keep mine really small or, you know, more towards the small side. Uh, I was kind of fortunate enough coming up that some of the data, you know, from Daniel Natouche and some of those guys was available. And you just, you know, if you read about these things and what they were finding in the wild, it's, they're not finding these giant monstrosities out in the wild. They're finding small, six, 700 gram animals that are long and lean. Yeah, they're, they're a much smaller giant. snake than most people think when they think green. People think python, like think green python, they think python, and they're thinking that it's, you know, a, a full grown female, a six foot. But like, you look at them, they're a very small snake when done right. Do you mean mm-hmm. small in like girth or small as in length? Yes. Oh, both. Okay. Yeah, I mean, how big is your biggest female? She, I, I haven't weighed her in a long time, but I would say she's probably, she might be 
at a thousand grams. And I would say, uh, girth wise, half dollar maybe. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's at her yeah. widest point, but she's more, you know, she's kind of got the, well, like a tree snake, so she's a little bit leaner, so it's elongated. Yeah. Not perfectly round like a fat slug. <laughs> Which is what I think all these people that pick up these uh, wild caught imports off tables at a show and they become green tree python owners overnight uh, are expecting to go home and slam that thing full of food and have a big snake, and they wonder why it dies in a year or two. Yeah, green tree python, just in general, don't do well with giant needles. That's that was one thing I know that it's small meals and when because like I said there were I, I just you hear stories of green trees in, the, in like the nineties like when <laughs> there were a lot of fucking green trees died in the process of learning how to feed them how to house them and how to breed them, uh, mm-hmm. but like, yeah you can't feed them it's not like when you're feeding like your carpet python you can go feed your carpet python a jumbo rat and leave a huge lump and that thing will still be fine. Um, green trees like if they eat something they can regurgitate and then they regurgitate you're like oh shit this thing's gonna die now. They're that sensitive. They used to be. I don't know if they are now. Yeah, I, I don't have those kind of problems anymore. Uh, you know, I've, I've never had one actually regurge on me. But That's awesome. Like I said, of course, I'm using all captive captive bread stock and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, But, uh, you know, it, yeah, a lot of problems that you have, like with overfeeding, you'll get things like prolapses where they yeah. blow out the rear end and it won't come back. And that'll kill them in the long run if you don't get that put back in uh, there's just yeah they can be problematic but like I said if you're starting with good stock from uh, reliable stores now if you're going to get into green tree pythons your best thing you can do is go make friends with a breeder get in with them and get in line for good captive stock and somebody that can mentor you along the way that'll be that's like the number one ticket for success green trees just start with a good mentor and you know well that's one thing to say right away for morelia whether it's green trees or carpets that's a fairly close-knit community at least as far as uh established breeders go everyone really knows who to go to in that community who to talk to um and i think a lot of that you can you can really think npr i mean npr made that really that community a lot closer um but you always hear about green trees because um why my brain just went real blank? Uh, Medusa yeah, I got pod- nothing. Medusa podcast. Dominique. Dominique. She talks about it all the time. Oh. She got into green trees, and then as soon as she got her green tree, uh, you know, everyone kind of joins together. She knows everybody, and everybody talks to each other. That's cool. Uh, that does not happen in, like, ball pythons. That is not a close-knit group. That is a very... No. There, are, there are a bunch, a bunch of small close-knit groups, but as a whole... It is not a close knit group. No, it's a it's a I hate you from across the country group. Right? Yeah, ball python groups are more clicky. You yeah, know, you've got different different crews or you know different segments of that. But yeah, the Morelia community is is a really strong community within the reptile community. Uh, you know, things like Carpet Fest have helped bring yes. all of that together. Which that goes back to the NPR guys and you know the stuff that they're doing to, to really bring everybody together. Which you know, hats off to those guys for ten years and uh, you know everything that they've achieved. Oh yeah, I mean they they definitely 
have pushed carpet pythons more in the hobby than if they weren't if their podcast never existed they definitely um have done a ton and we went to a carpet fest before everything shut down we could no longer have fun again we did that was a great trip it was awesome sounds like fun it really was i was gonna have yeah. one again here in texas and not try and call it green tree fest or whatever they try to do <laughs> i don't know but we don't have a cool house on the on the water if we stay here that's true we could stay at a cool house um, in florida that was an awesome airbnb we will keep you posted it's uh i'm, I'm hoping that one gets gets pulled off here in 2022. That'll be uh, fun. So I mean, if, if someone just had a house on a bunch of property in the middle of nowhere, they could have it there, I guess. I don't own it yet, it, sorry. It, it may or may not happen out there, because I am, as you said earlier, way the hell out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that no one no one wants to drive to where I'm at. So, But uh, we may don't have a location up in Dallas uh, where we've kind of held it in the past but we'll see hopefully uh, that'll come up and of course we'll share all those that'd be cool up. i would love to to do that that's one thing i love about the herp shows is that it, it's, a, it's a weekend of getting together and hanging out as much as it's going there to sell stuff uh it's a chance to socialize which is what i really enjoy doing um absolutely which is why i've enjoyed not having animals to sell lately i mean it would be nice to have animals to sell make money but not having animals means I can just go around like bother you and Michael Pinnell at your table and then go bother somebody else at their table. And so, and then buy a house snake for no fucking reason. <laughs> I'm going to make you go work yeah, the register. No, I'm good. That's where I'll be all weekend. I can always put him to work. No, I'm good. So, what are you doing? Oh, I saw you're doing something. Okay. Um, I'm listening and participating, but I'm also writing lesson plans. Well, I wanted to pull up because I, I asked Jason <laughs> what question he wanted to ask this week to our listeners, so I wanted to go ahead and pull up okay. uh, the question. Uh, we got some good ones. It was I liked it if my computer will. I need a new computer. This question, we had a bajillion answers very quickly, quickly. to this question. So I'm not even going to lie. I've hardly been on Facebook at all this week. I don't even know what the question is. The question, I didn't look at it, but my, I got alerts every time somebody would post a response. So... I know we got a lot of, of responses. So the question was, with breeding season right around the corner, let us know what you are excited about producing or picking up this season. Uh, and so let's read them. We'll read through Ryan Cox. That's our winner of tonight's giveaway. Ryan said, I'm excited to try anything for the first time. Come on carpets and Mexican hognose snakes. Oh, that's fun. That could be cool. As a, I think ours is going to be hognoses and corn snakes and maybe even our Mexican black king snake. I think our female might be big enough. Hope they don't eat each other. I'm not going to let that happen. I will stick my <laughs> hand in there and keep them apart. <laughs> She's ready to take one for the team. Our buddy Drew Schultz over at the Learning Zoo said uh, he just put his carpet, jungle carpets together uh, again. Uh, but I'm going to be trying to breed them outside this year with a heated nest box. Uh, also crossing fingers that Redfoots will start laying fertile eggs this year. Oh. Cool. With jungles outbreeding jungles outside in a heated nest box. That sounds fun. Keep long, us updated on that. We don't have yeah, isogeddon like we did this year. But obviously, you pull them back in. We oh, talked yeah, about that today in class. Ice? We talked about the ice storm. We read a book about living in extreme places. And Texas we, is extreme. Well, <laughs> apparently. <That is> true. <laughs> but we talked about... Anyways, it has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jason, would you breed your jungles outside? Your carpets outside? I'm, I don't know, especially after last year, 
you know, having those couple of days where it was like negative shit on my back porch. I don't know if that'd work real well. What is what is a pro to breeding them outside? Like pros and cons. Obviously cons would be temperature and not being able to control it. But what what would be the point? Is it more natural? It's more natural. Um, yeah. I mean, it really works with folks in like South Florida more than it does in Central Texas, North Texas. Yeah, I... You could probably, I could see some of the, like the, maybe Fredel, Fredels or Brisbane Coastals or some of those hardier, you know, more cold tolerant species, maybe being able to pull it off. Some of the more southern. Conroe, where he's at is, you know, you guys are a little further south than I am. Yeah. Which, you know, two hours south here makes the big difference. It does. Uh, But, uh, you know, I, I maybe pull it off. I don't know that I would have the guts to try it. It's but, a scary thing. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine. I, you know, my first year putting my brettles in, in the office or, you know, out for winter, you know, freaked me out getting them down into the 60s. Yeah, I'm know. not excited about that coming up again. Oh, rubber Ro- 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 Yeah, I'm not excited about that. Thanksgiving, rubber Ro- Ro- is going ice. God bless it. Rubber Ro- Ro- is on yeah. ice. At least you've done it now, so it's yes. not quite as horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still going to be horrible, and he's still going to talk no, about it, it nonstop. It won't, it won't be as bad now. The first year was it was horrifying. Oh, I have yeah. to cool down my two my doomerols, and I'm like scared to cool down anything because I haven't ever cooled down anything before. Yeah, but you're not cooling down and freezing are two different things. Yes, you're, you're, you're going to cool them down to what 65, 60? Yes. 65. So yeah, yeah, that uh, doesn't bother me. Yeah, that just means at night turn off your heat. And then your house temperature should drop down to that at night. Oh, yeah, because our house is always cold. Yeah. It is. <laughs> so you'll be good. Just turn off the heat at night and then turn the heat on eight hours during the day. Uh, and you'll be good. And that should be fine. That's what he was talking about. That's what you do with when you're cooling your stuff down, right? You're just turning the heat off at night, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Radiant heat panels get yeah. turned off by the thermostat. You know, it's just on a timer, basically, so... Whatever. I need to get some timers. 12 hours with it off and 12 hours with it on. You don't need timers if you buy a Herbstat. Okay, are you going to buy it for me? No, I'm not going to buy you. I'm just saying it's okay. a bad one. Yeah. Hey, isn't that on your list too? <laughs> oh, I've got four of them, but I can always use more. Yeah. I was like, I need more. Every Everyone always needs more thermostats. Yeah. I've never heard yeah. someone go, oh man, well, I got too many thermostats. Never have enough yeah, that's. Yeah. No. Ever. <laughs> We have a we have uh, a new listener. Uh, Could be my, a first time listener. My dad, oh, this would be great. <laughs> well, I I added him because I saw that he popped up on the on the like approval list to join the group, and I'm like, this will be fun. That's fine. We, so can, I, we, yeah. we can ignore that listener. So, anyways, going on. Uh, well, what Chris, he said for those of you that may be curious, he said we could do the same in our house because he refers to our house as an ice box when he comes to visit. He gets cold in a breeze. Not to be cold outside. He says we freeze him out. I always make sure there's extra blankets on the spare bed when he comes to visit. <laughs> I tell people come into my house, bring a jacket because yes. I'm not turning my. So I tell my students in my classroom, they're like, "Miss Lewis, it's cold. Turn off the fan." I'm like, "Shut up! I'm hot." I'm the one teaching. Put that's on a what, jacket. That's what. Okay, so wait, uh, Jason, do you do any uh, ambient t- temps in your snake room, or is it all individually heated? 
So I am all 100% individual heat. I'm a fat dude. My snake room's like 72. (laughs) I like it comfortable for me because I know I'm not going to clean if it's like 80 degrees in there. I'm not going in there. I love it. You know, y'all can have that shit. I see folks around like, I have an ambient heated snake room. I'm like, well, you're a fucking monster. (laughs) Not me. Now, we don't let our snake room get colder. No, seventy five. Put all the heating elements in a snake room normally keep it warmer. Yeah. Is your air vent even open in there? Yeah, because I got to work in there. Oh, I didn't know if like you opened it when you were working and then closed it. No, I'll leave it open. Our kid cold. closes the air vent in her room, and so I'll like open the door and it like, no, he she like has me close it. Slaps. No, she figured out how to climb oh, to close it herself. Oh, great. It like slapped me in the face the other day. I was like, why is it so hot in your room? What I, is wrong? I just can't do. I can't do ambient. I'm, I'm like Jason. I'm fat. And if it was, if I'm sweating my ass off, then I'd get one cage in and be like, all right, I'm done. Exactly. Yeah. I can't work in the hot. I just leave the door open and kind of block it off from the dogs or cats coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Sexton said he's also looking forward to giving carpets a real try this year. Carpets are popular this year. Uh, Our our buddy Seth. They must not live in Louisiana. (laughs) Sorry. Too soon. Fuck you. Too soon. (laughs) Don't fucking sell those things in Louisiana without a permit. Uh, uh, Our buddy Seth over at Huff's Herps uh, said more of these, and he posted a picture of a striped Amel Patty African soft uh, African soft fur African fat tail. <laughs> fucking it's all the same letters. African fat tails uh, once developed. It's bright orange. They're really pretty uh, with a solid white stripe from nose to tail. That's cool. He has some very pretty. <laughs> he really does. John Feliano, if you still here, said all the ball pythons. Uh, I don't believe that. <laughs> Uh, Brian Hayes is picking up an unsexed pair of chondros later tonight. Fingers crossed at least one ends up being a female. See, that's that green tree shit that I couldn't do. I couldn't buy a $600, $700, $800, snake and be like, I hope it's a female. Nope. Yeah, I got a no. Me too. Why? That's- like, how many times has that happened to you, Jason, where you've been like, oh, man, I really hope this is a female and it's a fucking male or vice versa? Well, I did. That's how I ended up with the sausage fest that I've been in for so many years. Because I, I bought all of mine as well. I bought most of mine as un, you know, unchanged, unsexed neos, with the exception of two that I bought as females. Neither of which are females. Uh, and uh, yeah, I ended up. Fortunately, the very first chondro I ever bought ended up being a female and then i had the next seven were all males Ugh. oh god damn that, that's too many penises it's like the ball yes. pythons you inherited well no i inherited those ball pythons he bought them knowing they were males there's a difference no like, he bought them not knowing what they were no no, no. ball oh. pythons he, well ball pythons he 100 percent knew what they were he just saw oh. a ball python and went this is pretty and then bought it and kept doing that Ended up with like 15 minutes. I thought you were talking about Jason. I was like, no, he just bought no, them. Jason he didn't know just, what they yeah, were. Yeah, no, Jason's in green trees. It's you're that's like you remember when you No, but you have like only one female Do you remember when point? Dollar Tree used to have those uh one dollar paper bags for boys or girls? I do. It was a mystery bag a and mystery you didn't bag. know what was you didn't know what was gonna be in it. That's how Jason does when he I buys I feel like green we trees. just seriously aged ourselves. I also just realized they don't do that anymore. That no, was, they don't. That's a shame. Jason, do you remember that? Jason might be older uh, than I, us. I, I, can't say that I do. Dollar Tree used to have you go in and they had blue ba- blue bags and pink bags. Mm-hmm. I know exactly I remember what you're talking about. And uh, you paid a dollar and you didn't know what was in it. Mm-hmm. And then you opened it. And, I mean, it was shit because it was from the Dollar Tree. You had toys, but uh, that was definitely a way for parents to be like, "Yeah, no, just go get this." And then 
But I feel like that's what you do when you buy a ball, when you buy a Tondro. You're like, all right, it could be a boy. Aren't or a girl. you not Except- supposed to assume genders anymore? Yeah, though? that's true. Then maybe that's why they don't do it anymore. <laughs> maybe, there you go. We don't, don't want to offend anybody. God forbid. May, maybe those males can Lord. breed as females if they assume they're females. Yes. Let us know how that works out. <laughs> just <laughs> give us a hint. If, just, just wait. Give I them time. It's been tried. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Moving uh, on. Our buddy Megan locally, she says she's not producing anything, but she's hoping for a successful clutch. I'd say litter, but litter of BCIs for a Belize Lago from E Square. So, she's hoping at that. I guess and, she must be on a list for that. I guess. And <laughs> Kevin Vonderleep, I still, I still ruin his name every time. Says I'm hoping to pick up a Hog Island boa or two. Our buddy uh, Jason Miloradovich just picked up a couple of Hog Island boas. I like Hog Island boas. I don't have any right now, but I do like them. I had one. He was awesome. He was pretty. Actually, he, oddly enough, was supposed to be a she. Mm-hmm. That was one of my... I uh, do remember the snake now. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that sounds familiar. Yeah, there was, I feel like we've had one in our house before. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to be a she. The guy wouldn't haggle on the price at all. This was way back when that was kind of the accepted thing. Uh, wouldn't go down at all because that was back when like boys and girls were different prices. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I bought it as a she, and she never got big and thick. She stayed small and slender. And then I was finally... As I got older, I knew how to do that. And this is way early. This was like my third or fourth snake. Um, but as I got through, I was like, let me probe this thing. And, yep, they had fucking hemi beans. <laughs> so, that sucked. But Hog Islands are pretty. I love those. Those are great bow. They change color from night to day. Mm-hmm, and they're always, they always look like shit whenever you want to show them to people. I had to look it up. You've never seen a Hog Island? They're freckled. I had, but I was making yeah. sure I was associating the right snake with The problem is there's a lot of shit-looking ones, freckles. and there's some really pretty-looking ones. Yours had a lot of pink, didn't it? Yeah, and it had, had big freckles. It, didn't have, it wasn't covered in freckles. The little, the little dot. And, uh, but they, they change color from night to day. They're naturally hypo, and uh, like I said, they always look like shit whenever you want to show them to people. It's like uh, whenever you want to show something to somebody, it's always in shed. Every, yeah. every time I'm like, oh, man, I want to show them my rainbow boa, then it's in shed. Our leopard gecko shed last night while we weren't at school. My kids were so excited this morning. They came in and look at her. She looks so cool. I'm like, yep. She ate all of her skin. <laughs> look on. at her. She looks like a leopard gecko. <laughs> they were excited because she. They freaked out yesterday because she was solid white, and they were like, "What's wrong with Velma? She's gonna die." She's just shedding. It'll be fine, guys. Move on. <laughs> oh. Anyways. So, what's the next show you're doing, Jason? Conroe. Um, yeah, I think Conroe, probably. In the January. January 29th, 30th. I'm, right now, like, I, I ended up selling out the last of my available animals at the last show we were at. Oh, it's unfortunate. So I hate it for you. I, I have, like, five clutches in the incubator that are, you know, late clutches. So, I'm those sure. will be hatching between now and the end of the year or so. I'm sure everybody's struggling right now to sell their stuff hates it for you that you sold out of all your stuff. It's, <laughs> that's just horrible. Good they, for you. They, I was down to the last you. few animals as is because it's been a weird year. Yes. The storm really kind of killed my, my season or made it just weird. I think, I think that's it for a lot of people. Yeah, it definitely made it weird. I haven't even paired yet. I um, haven't thought about So I'll go ahead and mention, I, I had uh, an unfortunate thing happen. Um, so I have an, a Sungwa boa. I've talked about before. She, uh, about a year ago, two years ago now. She was Frank and Boa. She had surgery to remove a, a mass on her nose. $1,000 surgery. 
that uh, unfortunately, and people get upset because I'm talking about money here, but she uh, she passed away the other day. It was very weird. Uh, I talked about getting mites. She was the first one I noticed mites on. We treated her. Um, about two weeks into it, went in to go treat her one day, and I've been hands-on with her every day for two weeks. And all of a sudden, she had a massive swollen, um, looked like a giant ovulation out of nowhere, rock hard, and it just never went away. And uh, the other day, I walked in, found her dead. Uh, so that sucks. That was yes. uh, un- one of the unfortunate sides of everything. So like, I haven't really, between that, uh, losing another sand bow because of ov- ovums, stuck ovums. They just never came out, and they stayed in, and they rotted, and they went bad, and couldn't get them out, tried everything I could. Losing that one. Uh, having another Samboa this year that I think still has one inside of her, uh, but she's eating and she's fine right now. We'll see what happens. I haven't yeah. even thought about pairing shit together. I just like fuck it. I don't. This season may be a wash. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. I'm going to pair anything. But that happens though because Will. I mean, you've been doing this for a really long time, and you. It's like a cycle. Like every so many years. Shit happens. It does. And it's it's not because you've done anything wrong. It's just, I feel like that's just a cycle with life. Like, like right. I feel like everyone probably goes through this, but no one's willing to talk about it. Well, with this past year, also, I lost my rainbow bow, my male that I had, my first snake. He died. Um, it just, and then the move, and again, everything settled with the move, and then having mites for the first time in my collection ever since I had one snake and tried to keep it in the college dorms. Um, this just this year's been rough, so I'm like, well, we'll try again next year. Well, I've got I've got a litter of rainbow boas that I pretty much said that I probably won't sell for a year. I'm going to keep them for about right. a year, raise them up, find out which ones are the prettiest, keep them, and then I'll just sell yearling rainbow boas in a year. And I've got all these sand boas that at some fucking point I'll sell, but I'm not in a hurry to sell them either. Um, I just I don't know. It's rough. So I'm sure everyone out there, if you if you breed long, and they always say the worst possible thing you can do for your animal ever is breed them, because uh, you're definitely going to risk them dying. Uh, but everybody, if you breed, if you keep snakes long enough, you'll go through a, a shit period, and it's just a matter of don't be the one that goes through that shit period and then gets rid of everything, because you see that too. Someone will have one or two negative things happen. They're like, all right, I'm selling it all. I'm like, all right, well then you probably weren't supposed to be in the hobby anyways. True. Absolutely. It's definitely cyclical. You know, one year you'll, you may have a crap year, but the next year may be the best year you ever have. Yes, so exactly. Just, if you stick with it, you're, you'll be fine. It'll all even out in the long run. Just play the long game. <laughs> oh, man. So our, our, our listener, our buddy Victor, said uh, he lost five clutches this season. Ugh. And then he also sold one of his ball pythons to a guy who eventually killed it in a couple of weeks or a couple of weeks ago. That's rough. That's awful. That's another that, thing. Like, it, it really sucks when you sell something and you later on find out that it died. And, like, you, you start to think, man, if I'd have kept that, thing would still be alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that is rough. Sorry, Victor. That's that's tough, man. But, anyways, on a brighter note, let's look at some things that have happened over on our discussion group. We had some pretty cool stuff. Uh, there was a really weird uh, tarantula with a fungus. It looked like... like I don't know. It's weird to explain. It's this fungus. Throw it up on the screen. You can do that. I can do that. I mean, if they're just listening and not watching, then they're not going to be able to do anything. They can go over to... uh, i got to get rid of this. Hold on. Go on over to the Reptile Gumbo Podcast Discussion Group. Yep. I discovered a fun TV show today. What TV show did you discover? So, on my lunch break, since I'm by myself, I like to 
watch TV. You like to move it, move it. And I was on Disney Plus, and they have a cartoon called mm. Amphibia. And it's about a girl, because uh, I watched the first episode today. <laughs> it's about a girl who gets shrunk down and transported into the world of basically frogs. And it's a cartoon, and she's stuck in miniature form in Frogland. And her new best friend is a little frog, and it has a tadpole sibling, and their old frog grandpa. And it's funny because, like, it's it was like, I, I again, I teach third grade. Like, it's definitely something my third graders would watch. But it was cool because it talked about like the mucus on their hands. Like it, it was it was pretty cool. At least you didn't get stuck in like African bullfrogs during mating season when they grab each other and throw each other across the thing. Yes, but the the episodes are all like puns to do with frog stuff, which I find funny. It's very punny. Um, but anyways, <laughs> Disney Plus, my little cousin, Disney Plus, Amphibia. It, it looks pretty. I enjoyed it. It was it was a fun way to spend. So my for lunch. any of you out there that uh, partake in. Uh, stuff that makes you think outside the box. Do that and then watch the cartoons. It'll be fun. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so there's I mean, Punky. That, that's a tarantula. Anybody that's watching, or if you go over to think that's the tarantula growing a weird ass fungus out of it. That is crazy. Parasitic fungus. It doesn't uh, look real. Yeah, it looks weird. No, not at all. Then the Los Angeles Zoo hatched uh, Mangshan mountain vipers, which is kind of cool. Those are awesome. Um, da, 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 da. U.S. Marine Corps. I didn't read this. There's for some reason I'm not getting the alerts when people post things like I'm supposed to. Um, but if you're fortunate enough to spend time in the ocean, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to read this as I go. That anyways, that's like baby turtles. Yeah, it was a Marine Corps. Uh, did you read it? I actually did read that. So why one. don't you chime in? Just let me stand here because it was kind of fun to watch you flounder, kind of flounder. Yeah. So it, basically, it's a group of Marine Corps that are stationed there on the beach, and they're helping sea turtles make it back out to the ocean, and they're guarding the beach and keeping them safe from poachers. Could you imagine getting shot awesome. because you walked on top of a baby sea turtle? <laughs> yeah, just they shoot you in the head. Right, the Marine Corps, <laughs> like they're not those. Like the guys are really excited. The ones that they interviewed, it was it was cool. I liked it. Uh, they found three hundred. Oh, so that was positive. Uh, hundreds of sea turtles washed up dead in Mexico. Oh yeah, on the oh, Pacific wow. coast. Uh, so that that sucks. Oh, this is a new one. Uh, this was Robert. This was Robert uh, had a customer yes. who wanted to. He had. Uh, we'll start this by. We've had several people yes. ask us something about this, but somebody actually came and spent time with him. To and it. we did, got it designed. Because I know we've talked about it. We've got some other ideas from other things at some point that we'd like to try. But for hot keepers that keep their stuff in racks, they wanted a way to lock up the rack to keep it safe. And they designed a plexiglass door with vent holes in it that he could latch shut. And keep it safe because he had kids. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to lock away his stuff and keep his kids safe, uh, which is really, really cool. So if you're looking in for something like that, contact Robert. Get something set up. Uh, oh, I posted this, the Crap Brothers. So it depends on what age you are, I realized, because I, I posted this. And the one person said, that said they loved Zabumafu, and that's when I yeah. realized they're younger than me. Um, because I was going to say, it depends on, or like, they may not be the Kratz brothers, it may be Kratz creatures. Well, Kratz creatures was the original. <clears throat> and then Zabumafu came along with the, the stupid, like, uh, lemur. lemur puppet jumping around. And now, and now when, when our kid was little, it was Wild Kratz. It was Wild Kratz. Which is animated. Uh, but the two brothers have, have done nature shows since the late 90s. So say, let's age me really quick. I know all of what they I was going to say, yeah, I know. It's, all since the late 90s on PBS, yeah. and it's been amazing. Um, but the Kratz Brothers Creature Hero Foundation is committed to empowering kids and their families, and they they bought 
some land. They're but they were in the process of trying to buy land for um, conserving nature and stuff. I just thought it was really cool. Awesome. Um, I, I really I loved them. They they were big. It was them, Steve Irwin, Jeff Corwin, all of that. Logan loved Wild Kratts, so it was one of his favorite things. Little like Zabumafu. So this is a messed up thing. Tom we had a Wild Kratts. Joe had a Wild Kratts oh. birthday when she was four. That's awesome. Like because I'm extra, I ma- I made the creature vests, and they all had discs that went in. It was at the zoo. They went like around collect discs when they learned about the animals. Like That's incredibly awesome. Yes, because we came to have a birthday party. It became no. uh, an educational lesson. Oh, it totally why did. not? That was the best thing we ever. Also, yeah, it's it was good. Yeah, kids learn about animals. The parents had a great time. <laughs> So this was messed up, and I saw this posted on several things. Tom Crutchfield had someone break in. Oh, my gosh. Broke the locks on 20 cages. Uh, they killed their blue tree monitor and left it dead, thrown in the yard. Oh. They, I don't know if they have found it, but they had a croc monitor get out that's missing. Uh, they've had the Dominican Red Mountain boas. Several things missing, um, which really, really sucked. Uh, some of the pictures are horrifying to know that someone came in. That's, that's another... If you have your animals outside, you got to be very careful. Now, someone like Jason living in the middle of nowhere, be a little easier. Uh, I can't imagine people are going to wander up in your yard, Jason, and, and mess with anything. If they do, they came on purpose. Well, if they do, he can make sure no one ever knows yeah. that they wandered on the yard. Yeah, we have places to hide. <laughs> Note to self: Make good friends with Great. Jason. We're hiding stuff at Jason's yard. Got it. Sold. But uh, yeah, so the. The, we were just talking about that the other day, too. I told Rachel Katie we could make it work. <laughs> I told Katie that uh, if she had her. to kill her husband like she was playing in this. <laughs> I was like, we I bet get we know body gone. I said, I bet we know enough people with the Herps family. We can find somebody with property. <laughs> Apparently, you were in trouble that day, James. Yeah, well, there's not enough money, so she's not going to kill me. It's, it's not so worth funny. it. No. Uh, there was a Nathan posted this cool picture of a male fan throated lizard, which is just like a fancier version of a green and all. It's big so old pretty, dry. though. So pretty. so pretty. That's what they were aiming for to be super pretty. That was your picture. No, that was just our post. This is this thing. Oh, uh, I was like, I know that picture. <laughs> so that was that was the, well the happenings on on our Facebook page, which reminded me that again I want to bring up uh, if anybody wants to sponsor a giveaway for this month, what. I had an offer. Maybe we should make a poll. No. And let our listeners decide <laughs> if, if my speak. idea is good. Hey, look, I can make it quiet. Nobody can hear. I can talk louder. As I say, we can still hear. <laughs> Anyways, if anybody would like to be, and this is not just for this month, if anybody would like to be a sponsor for the podcast, again, we like to give away stuff every month. And it's not going to be huge. We've given away a catch. Apparently, it has to be bigger than what I suggested. My stuff was not quality. Do you want to go ahead and tell everybody what you suggested? Yes, I did. I suggested, because I am a crafter, and I suggested that I could make microwavable bowl holders in reptile printed fabric, or rice bags, which can be heated or frozen. Rice bags, please. And those could be given away. And we could give those away. It doesn't have to be anything big. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. And if you think about it, whoever wins it could turn around and give it away as a Christmas gift to somebody else in the next month. So you're saying whoever wins, it's not going to like get enough to keep it that they would just give it away. No, they could They're, keep it or they already, could re-gift it. You're already planning for the things Look, that you want to give away. To I'm re-gifted? all about re-gifting. Okay. And these things make great gifts. And awesome. 
I don't, I mean, I don't mind. Anyways, if anybody, and it's again, Asshole. it's not just for this month. Anybody would like to <laughs> I'm sponsor, do you want me to pinch it? <laughs> a giveaway, sponsor a giveaway on, on here. See, let Victor us know. says it's nice. Victor's nice about everything. Uh. About that. Uh, <laughs> Let us know. Give us a message. Tell us, hey, I want to sponsor, and, and we'll figure out what you can do. It doesn't have to be big. Again, one one time we gave away a catchy, which uh, was awesome. Everybody should have a catchy in their snake room. Or multiple. Or multiples. Um, we've given away just some hooks. What else do we give away? A thermostat. That was the grants give away a thermostat, and they did the hooks. So feel free if anybody wants to do it, and then you get a whole month. We'll plug you, your your business, and all that stuff, too. Giveaway reptile gumbo t-shirts. First, yeah, I gotta, to get I gotta make shirts first. There's one it's reptile gumbo the- <laughs> t-shirt. One. Katie has it. It's Chris Eden thinks it's a fantastic idea. Shut the fuck up, Chris. Bitch. Sorry. I felt like it needed that after. Go, Katie. Kick ass Katie's coming right. out tonight, guys. Right, lesson plans, man. I gotta I gotta have excitement somewhere in my life because fairy tales aren't cutting it right now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Are you doing the good ones, the Grimm's ones or the other ones? Yeah. We're doing not the not, the, yeah. the, the old original things that aren't any good. Not yeah, good pretty grams. much. Yeah. It's okay, though. Anyways, Darren, we are working on Reptile Gumbo t-shirts. It's, a, she it's says, on my list. She says working. working it's in a the really fact long that, list. Working in the fact that we Katie, mentioned it once. do you need once. some help with that? Well, I mean, if somebody else would start doing more stuff around the house, I could get more stuff knocked off my list. I haven't done it in 16, 17, 18. <laughs> how long have we been together? <laughs> so sad. Uh, Anyways, <laughs> back to our guest. So I started last week. I asked our guest questions, and I wanted to ask questions each week. And I may add some more, but I wanted to ask questions that are hobby-related. So, Jason, here you go. You're going to get some questions. Ready? <laughs> Ready or not. What is the best advice you have been given in the hobby? Learn to read your animals. Become a student of the serpent. But I don't like the reading. Old, uh, <laughs> that uh, I just once you I, I think there's you know, something to say about spending time in your snake room learning how to read your animals mm-hmm. you can uh, pretty much tell what, what they they'll tell you what they need if you listen I agree 100% definitely one thing just definitely go into your snake room it's very easy to and I've done it lately because we were so busy and because I was watching the Braves beat the Astros <laughs> but uh, <laughs> go, go into your snake room uh, often, and every time you go in there, do something. I think you should go in there and do something. But uh, all right, this one's a little harder. What's the worst advice you've been given? Mm. The thing where you're like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that." Probably feeding schedules. <laughs> yes, they don't mm-hmm. have to eat yeah, every no, Monday. Yep. Your snake needs to eat a, you know, medium rat every Wednesday at six thirty p.m. So or I, it's gonna die. <laughs> you know. Yet they do not know the days no, of the week. No. I, I, I'm more of a feed sparingly. Uh, my snakes know the days of the week. I have a pretty gobble calendar back here, and my, oh my snakes God. read that, and they know what days they're supposed to eat. That's funny. So it's, do snakes? And the reason I say this is we have a bearded dragon and a leopard gecko in our classroom. Those aren't snakes, by the way. I'm aware of that. Those are two of our class pets. The leopard gecko has learned that if she comes out from her hide and lays in the food bowl, whoever is the class pet person for the week will come and feed her. So she's trained the children in my classroom 
on when to feed her. It's very amusing to me because they give in every time. Do Will snakes do that? Will they just get like more active when they're getting hungry? Like the crested gecko, I've noticed when he's hungry, he starts kind of perusing okay. around so the food bowl. There's a yes and a no to that. Okay. All right. So on Facebook, you'll see someone go, my ball python's been moving around a lot. He really wants out of his cage. I think he's hungry. Yeah, no. No, that's bullshit. Okay. But they will learn, like, what feeding is. I mean, that's... I mean, Jason talked about earlier with his green trees. He goes in there and they start coddle luring. They're, they're looking... They're like, oh, it's feeding time. I mean, I'm sure they can smell it in the air and stuff like that, too. Well, yeah. I mean, what do you think, Jason? So that... I mean, that being... Because, like, when you feed, you have, like, a tray of stuff. Yeah. So I know the smells in the air, so they're going to react to that smell. Yeah. I think with uh, certain species, especially the green trees, they'll try to lie to you, period. Like I said, in their mind, they're always starving. <laughs> so they'll, Sounds they're like always the blue trying to, to tell you that they're starving. They're caught luring. But however, if you ignore that for an extended period of time, what you'll actually see is when the lights go out, those snakes will actually move, like get off their perch. They'll climb around, and they'll they'll kind of actively hunt. They'll forage around the cage and then come up into a hunting position and get really intense with it. So, and then I'll start thinking about food at that point. But if they're just sitting there in their stationary spot, wagging their tail at me, yeah, keep it up. It, gotcha. It's funny. It's kind of like my brettles. Uh, I can tell when she's hungry because if she's just laying around, she's good. But every now and then she'll get into that the same hunting stance you'll see a green tree get into. She'll get up on the perch, put her head down, and point at the ground and sit still. And I'm like, oh, she's looking for food. And you can definitely tell that that is a different than her just like curled up in the corner or just laying on a branch. Uh, but she'll definitely do that whole green tree thing too where she just like S's her head up and points it straight down like she's waiting for a mouse to come running by. I mean, the boa tries to eat the glass. Yeah, no, that boa just doesn't like you. No, she doesn't really do it to me. She only done it to me once. She does it to everybody else. So is that the one that Robert, that like hates Robert? You would. No, no. It's, no, the, one that that did, it's the one snake. that did it one time to Robert yeah. and now Robert won't go near it. Oh. Well, there was one that like came at him every time. No, that's yep. the blue beauty. Oh, Bandit gotcha. did that. Yeah, the blue beauty. That's because they're just defensive in the cage and once you yeah. get passed out. <laughs> but here recently, I can open the opposite end door and just mind my own business. He comes out. Apparently, the other night, my Mexican black king snake like flipped the fuck out on you the other night. Went to go feed it. Shot out of the the thing it was in and just started musking all over the fucking place. I had to catch it in midair before it fell behind our dresser. <laughs> Never done that with me when I take her out. Like I'll change her water or I'll take her out to hold her. Also, didn't eat the live pinky. I've never seen a Mexican black king not eat. I haven't either. She totally is like no, 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 I don't want that. Are you sure she's not in shed? No, she's no, not uh-uh. in shed. I just thought it was funny. I was like, she's never heard that to me. <laughs> so, all right. So, feeding schedules, I agree. Worst thing. Again, you'll see it all the time. Uh, I, I, the ones that crack me up is, uh, my snake eats on Wednesday, and I went to the store, and they didn't have any, and they won't get them in until tomorrow. Will she be okay? What the She's going to shrivel up and die in 24 in hours because yeah. you're not going to feed her. That one. I was like, it's, always, it's always tomorrow. They'll be able to get food tomorrow, but is she okay tonight? I'm going to make a very offensive comment right now. What's new? Go. Those are the people who are the parents that are like the crazy helicopter parents. Yes. No, you could have left it at crazy. 
They are. They're the ones that are like, oh my gosh, my cake can't get dirty. And then I'm over here like, well, hey, don't put that in your mouth. JT like, told me that he had a customer who was told to feed their Samboa was it, every day. What? Yeah. I was like, first of all, no. that's insanely expensive. Second, that thing is going to die quick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jason, what is one tip you could give keepers to help them take better care of their animals? Besides, you said be a, uh, a student of the serpent. But so maybe something that you do in your room uh, that makes it easier for you cleaning, feeding, or whatever. Um, like one one of the things that I focus on in my collection is trying to make things efficient for me. I know that I'll keep if I can get in there and clean and be efficient at it, that I'll clean more often and keep things in a better state. So, you know, I, I do the little tricks, you know, disposable water bowls, things like that, uh, to keep things moving so that, uh, like I said, I can uh, clean through a lot of animals quickly and, you know, take care of my time. Uh, you know, that, that's something that I focus on a lot. And I think it can help if you, uh, you know, Study where you're spending your time in your snake room a little bit, and yeah. kind of figure out how to how to figure out and how to shave time and make things flow better and work better, and it makes makes it a more enjoyable experience to be in there and listen and get get things done that you that you have to do. Well, and I have found uh, with, with a lot of people and and myself included, when the room gets cluttered or messy, you're less likely to go in there and work for an hour or two hours and clean. Like you're more likely just to wander in, look at stuff, go, yeah, everything's alive and then walk out. Uh, so if you can mm-hmm. keep it organized and clean, it's much easier. I think just for you to walk in and, and quickly do something and not feel overwhelmed. I think people get overwhelmed. What? I want you to take that philosophy because it's beautiful. I'm not doing the rest of the house. I don't give a shit. I want you to apply it to the rest of the house. Does it, bo- does it bother me in the rest of the house? <laughs> the rest of the house. <laughs> Doesn't have eighty animals I have to keep alive. Uh, only eighty. Eighty. Ish. Ish. I Ish. figured you had a pretty good count after having to go through and touch everything. I think it's recently. like I think it's like eighty. Ish. In the room. We have stuff in other rooms too though. Oh yeah, I know. I mean I think it's eighty total. I think we're good. We don't have a ton. Uh all right. Last thing, to end it on a positive note here, but positive question. What is one big positive thing you see currently happening in the hobby? Well, I'm I'm happy to see that there's more diversity uh, coming back in the hobby. Some of the lesser known or lesser appreciated species are you know, starting to make their comebacks. Very happy to see that. Well, I do enjoy ball pythons. It's not the thing I want to look at when I go to a show. So it's nice to see a little bit of diversity. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll continue to see that maybe focus on some other species and we get more captive bred stuff into the hobby and uh, keep it moving forward. So it's funny. So you talk about shows and I kind of didn't bring it up earlier. So we talked about you, uh, you bring ball pythons to shows and I've seen you bring the, um, not brittles. My brain's from blank. The bumpy, the bumpy and, go and go on to shows. You never have green trees at shows. I'm assuming they're all sold yeah. before whatever happens. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I've 
I've, I don't think I've ever even actually posted an ad for a green tree python. I just kind of whisper into the ether that I'm going to think about letting go of a green tree python. And then magically my inbox blows up. I, now that I, I think that. about it, I don't think I've been to a show where I've seen captive bred green trees for sale. Not other than like maybe like Tinley or Daytona. Like the smaller shows, if you don't, if you've ever seen them, it's only like wild caught one here or there on a on a seller's table, not on a breeder's table. So I guess like you don't see a lot of green captive bred green trees for sale. Mm-hmm. They're out there. They're obviously being born or hatched and all, but uh, everyone's getting to them before they ever make it to a show, which I guess is a good problem to have because you don't want to put that animal. That's also unnecessary stress on an animal that stresses easy. Yes. Yeah, that's the other downside. It, it's hard to take your. You know, even if you're doing like locality pairings to take your thousand dollar captive bred yacht to a show when you're going to be sitting next to a, you know, a flipper who's got yachts for whatever, 300 imported fresh. Yeah. That- so, uh, you know, it's a tough sell at shows. The people that want the captive bred and know they're going directly to the breeders anyway. And they probably don't want an animal that's been to a show next to a imported yacht. Yeah, that's one of those uh, those animals. I mean, I, I'm a, a a big proponent for captive bred animals in general. There are situations where obviously wild caught stuff is necessary, um, but there's certain things like no one probably needs a wild caught ball, ball python of any sort. And I don't even know if they're still importing them at all anymore. Um, but green trees, they do import them. But that's one that if you really want a green tree python, captive bred is the way to 100% go. Um, You can definitely get them for cheap. If you're a new, now there are a handful of good importers who are importing animals and establishing them and providing aftercare support. And, you know, like I said, there's a handful of people that do that very well. And there's nothing against those animals. You can go through that process, you just have to know going into the process that there's going to be extra steps with an imported animal versus a captive born and bred. And I would definitely suggest somebody new start with a captive born and bred and, a, you know, have a good mentor to get started. And then, you know, later on, as you've got some experience, you can seek out one of these good vendors and get an import if you want fresh bloodlines or things like that. You just, you have to treat it differently and approach it differently. But there's always going to be a place for wild caught bud. And as long as we can get it, we should just, to, you know, keep the bloodlines fresh in our, you know, within our country. Because you never know when they'll shut that down and then our bloodlines are all closed. And well, yeah, especially <laughs> when you're dealing with some we stuff. That that, diversity. Well, like when you're dealing with animals that come out of Australia, are not come out of Australia at this point. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, all your green trees are going to be non-Australian green trees. Right, yeah. They're, as far as I know, there's not any Australian green trees here. Hmm. They're all from Indo. Maybe zoos, I don't know. But. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, have anything else? anything else? I actually do have something else. Uh-oh. I would like to challenge our listeners... To locate any non-fiction, child-appropriate, animal-related books and share them with us. Because I start teaching non-fiction the week after Thanksgiving. 
Yay. You have fun with that. Fun. Yeah. So, Informational text is tricky because if you don't find things that your kids are interested in, then they don't give a crap. And lucky for me, my kids are super interested and fascinated in animals. So I have a handful that I know I'm going to pull. The problem is, is the way that it works. I won't use the same book for the whole unit. We will actually like, I will read them a story or read them parts of the book. And then I'll teach a certain element to go with nonfiction. And then I'll pull information from another book. So I'm exposing them to multiple things. So when you say nonfiction, because I've got some nonfiction like snake books up here. It just needs to be kid appropriate. So I'm a kid. Books. Yeah. So you just, any, any nonfiction kid appropriate book. Pretty much. Like if you are into welding and you know something and like you've seen a book on welding for kids. That's not, that's not, so I don't even care if it's animal related well, at this that, point. And that's any book. They yeah. literally send you nonfiction informational. Although animals are preferred. Cause that's what my kids like. Okay. Yay. Is that it? There you go. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I also want to, and I mentioned last week, but I also want to push for our, uh, our Patreon. I know that I need to post it. We talk about our Patreon more. Um, we don't really do anything extra for our Patreon listeners yet. Uh, I would like to get there. Maybe when we have t-shirts, we'll send t-shirts to Patreon. I'll move it up on the list. Uh, but <laughs> there are, I do want to get, uh, I want to get some more cameras for in here. Um, we're teachers. We can't really afford more cameras. Eric Carl actually falls under fiction books, but yes, we have read a few of his. <laughs> so check out again. And like I said, it doesn't have to let me restate this. When it comes to the Patreon, I really think, all of the podcasters, I know that many people that listen to this podcast listen to several other reptile podcasters. Uh, if you if you listen to them, and they have most of them on Patreon, join it. It's just like three bucks a month or whatever it is. Again, like I said before, you're already paying for HBO and, and DirecTV and internet and satellite, everything else to be able to watch your Hulu and all that to watch stuff to be entertained. And many of you are on your drive to work or listening to a podcast. Give them three bucks. Give them five bucks a month. Whatever it is, that little bit honestly does help. And it can honestly help us on months when we don't have someone for a giveaway. We can sponsor a bigger giveaway for folks. It doesn't have to be a, a microwave bowl holder. Uh, but, you know. Hey, the next time your ice cream bowl is cold and you want a bowl holder, I'm going to say, fuck you, and you can't have it. <laughs> Go, Katie. Or I'm going to let your tomato soup bowl burn your hand. <laughs> Lesson of the night. James uh, quit being a dick. I'm, I'm not worried at <laughs> all. Anyways, so check out our Patreon, please. It's like a th- the lowest tier is like three bucks a month. You won't miss it, but you lose three bucks a month in your car and change. So three bucks a month will definitely help. And we ought to do more. Like so, we're going to the the Herps show or Herps store grand opening. I plan on taking all of our recording stuff. I'll probably take our little camera. We may record it, put that stuff on YouTube. But I would like to have other cameras. I got this nice, awesome little camera, like switchboard here, and I only have one camera to use on it right now. So help me out, guys. And I almost got plans for some other podcasts coming. Yes. So we got to get started on that. But we have some plans for, for other things that aren't actually in the hobby right now. So we're doing something a little different. Uh, but yes, help us out if you can. Um, Jason, if people want to get a hold of you, even though you don't have anything currently available because you sold it all because that's such a horrible problem to have, how can they get a hold of you in the middle of nowhere? Uh, I am on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, under Brumley Reptile on both of them. I'm also Jason Brumley on Facebook. You can find me. 
uh, anyway, that's uh, the best way to get a hold of me is message oh. through one of those avenues. Um, uh, if you like to talk pythons, I'm happy to do so. You know, we didn't we didn't talk and, uh, about kayak fishing at all. We'll have to do. You're just going to have to come up here. Yes. You know, when you get a chance, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put you on some bass out here I in get, the middle of nowhere. I got to get my kayaks. They are currently in Louisiana, but I got to get them over here. And then I also got to get a uh, fishing license at some point. Not that far. Fishing license is easy. I have an extra kayak, so, hey, you know, if you can make it up here, I can put you in the water. So. The problem with the fishing license is easy. If you live here for six months. I was going to say, you have a few more months. If you don't live here for six months, it's not fucking easy at all. And it's expensive, even though I currently live here and my tax money is coming out of my paycheck for this state. You can get one in January. So for my birthday, I can finally get a fishing license. <laughs> yes. Which means I can finally get a hunting license, which means I can legally pick a snake up off the road. Yes. Woo! I'm about to go get my hunting license. Because I have not picked up any snakes off the road in nope. Texas. Just looked at them. We've only looked. Look, of course I not. Only looked at them from a distance. Farther than I could pick them up from. Right. right. Yes. I witnessed it. It's true. Sounds believable, right? Somebody knocks on our door. I'm totally letting them take you. I didn't. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about before. Where uh, people have gone out west and they've realized that they'd rather write you a ticket for picking a snake up off the road and moving it off the road than actually save the animal. Like they'd much rather just they'd much rather give you a ticket than go. Oh no, that's cool. You save that animal. That's great. That's that's uh, how the Texas parks works here. It's, we gotta get, we gotta make money. We don't actually give a shit about the snake, pretty much. Which is fucked up. Anyways, small soapbox. So yes, reach out, to Jason. Uh, we will have a giveaway by the end of the week posted for this month. We'll see what we're giving away. We may give away ball holders and. Oh no, that. you don't get those anymore. They're off the table. Look, Victor said he wants to win them. He liked the idea. Chris Eaton might get some. Chris Eaton's not going to enter. Chris Eaton didn't get anything. <laughs> Don't be hating on him. I was going to say, be nice to Chris. <laughs> Chris. Chris Eaton doesn't even know what time of year it is up there because he hasn't <laughs> even been outside in three months. <laughs> so, if you want to get a hold of us, is the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com. Uh, for me, it is simply underscore serpents on Instagram and simply serpents on Facebook. Don't forget, if you want to order a rack, go to ellisreptileracks.com. Dot com. <laughs> so much fun to do. It's not as much fun when he's not here. I was about to say, he's not here to give you the look. <laughs> also, uh, just just one time for everybody. Oh, 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 oh my God. I relived my childhood last night while watching the Braves. I felt like a little 10-year-old kid. It was... Your ten year old had a good time know, with was, you too. That was that was pretty great to watch. It was amazing. So I had to throw that out there. But uh that's all I got this week. Uh next week we're on Wednesday again. We will get back to Tuesdays at some point. I may or may not be here Wednesday. If our end of the year softball party is on Wednesday, then I obviously have to take our kid to that. At some point we'll have an actual like regular schedule again with an No, we won't. Let's regular, be real. No, Fuck it oh up. come on, y'all know y'all like me to step in every one hour. Okay? <laughs> well, you're, you're gonna be busy soon. <laughs> yes, but not that busy. But uh, come out and see us this weekend on Lafayette. You should make a trip to Lafayette just so you can eat really good food because I'm looking forward to red beans and rice. Gina's going to be making red beans and rice mm-hmm. and gumbo, so I'll be eating that there. And then we'll go to Prejean's and I'm going to get uh, crawfish enchiladas and some red beans and rice. 
And then uh, I'm going to pick up some Billy's Boudin Balls to bring back with us. So I have Boudin Balls here. Those of you who have no idea what those food, those food items are, uh, I feel sorry for you. I think I'm sorry. And you live in a state that has shitty food. I can't help you. But if you haven't had a cream cheese filled Boudin Ball, your we life is incomplete. Food. There's not a lot of great food around here. There's not a lot of great food around here. What you, there is. You just don't. You're 20 minutes from Houston where there's like all sorts of amazing things to eat. You are one of the pickiest eaters ever. Yes. Yeah. That's why I want cream cheese filled boudin balls. Oh my God. Anyways, Jason, thank you for being on here. We're going to go actually find dinner. Uh, yes. Jason, hold on for a little bit. Thanks everybody for listening and good night. <laughs>